Hey, faithful listener, thanks for tuning in to the P40 Ministries daily podcast. This podcast is dedicated to helping you grow spiritually so you can grow personally. Let's grow together by building a consistent Bible reading routine. This is Jen, your host, and today we will be discussing the book of Mark. Hello, friends and faithful listeners. This is Jen here with the P40 Ministries podcast, and thank you so much for tuning in this morning to discuss the Bible with me and to hang out and drink a cup of coffee with me, though I don't have one in front of me right now. I ran out of coffee again. And uh, I definitely need some coffee. I'm planning right after this episode, when I'm done recording, to go over to the coffee shop and grab coffee for myself. (laughs) I need coffee. I absolutely love coffee, and it is very hard for me to function without it. I'm so tired today, and I swear it's a psychological thing. (laughs) In fact, I know it is. I don't actually think coffee wakes me up that much because I really can drink it for a long time and fall asleep at night usually, but um, yeah. I just like the taste of it. But anyway, let's go ahead and read Mark chapter 5, verses 21 through 34. I will be reading out of the W.E.B. version, as I always do, but please feel free to read out of uh, whatever version you usually read out of and uh, grab your cup of coffee and let's go ahead and read. When Jesus had crossed back over in the boat to the other side, a great multitude was gathered to him, and he was by the sea. Behold, one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name, came, and seeing him, he fell at his feet and begged him much, saying, My little daughter is at the point of death. Please come and lay your hands on her, that she may be made healthy and live. And a great multitude followed him, and they pressed upon him on all sides. A certain woman, who had a discharge of blood for twelve years, and had suffered many things by many physicians, and had spent all that she had, was no better, but rather grew worse. Having heard the things concerning Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his clothes. For she said, If I just touch his clothes, I will be made well. Immediately, the flow of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of her affliction. Immediately Jesus, perceiving in himself that power had gone out from him, turned around in the crowd and asked, Who touched my clothes? His disciples said to him, You see the multitude pressing against you, and you say, Who touched me? He looked around to see her who had done this thing, but the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had been done to her, came and fell down before him and told him the entire truth. He said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be cured of your disease. I think this is one of the most famous stories in the entire Bible, especially for women's conferences. Everyone at women's conferences like to talk about this particular woman. But uh, anyway, so Jesus had just finished going to Decapolis to uh, heal that one demon-possessed man and to have that man minister to all of Decapolis. Now he's coming back. And it says that the second he came back over in the boat to the other side, it says that a great multitude 
was gathered to him. So in other words, this huge multitude was sitting around waiting for Jesus to come back. And it says this, the second they saw his boat coming in, they basically crowded around him and he was by the sea. And so then this one guy who was probably waiting around for Jesus was named Jairus. And he was actually a ruler of the synagogue. So he was kind of like a preacher. He would do all the ceremonies for the synagogue. He was one of the rulers. He would make sure everything was functioning properly. And he was a proper Jew at the time. So, so he was a person who allegedly would have a lot of faith, or at least people would believe he had a lot of faith because he was kind of like a pastor in a sense. So he comes to Jesus and it says that he fell at Jesus's feet. So he was so distraught. He was so upset at everything that was going on in his home that he comes to Jesus and probably the crowds parted for this Jairus guy. Maybe he was a big enough name, a big enough ruler of the synagogue that people parted so Jairus could come up to Jesus. And so Jairus comes up to Jesus and it says that he immediately falls at Jesus's feet. Now this was a way for people to prostrate themselves back in those days and show that they were like a servant. They were humble. So this guy does this and he says, my little daughter is at the point of death. Please come and lay your hands on her that she will be healthy and will live. So he had a lot of faith that Jesus could perform this miracle, especially in his time of desperation. It's possible that before his daughter was sick, maybe he didn't believe in Jesus. But now because he's so desperate and because he loves his daughter so much, he comes to Jesus out of desperation and and maybe that's not true i'm i'm speculating for sure but he comes to jesus because he's in this very desperate situation and has faith that jesus can heal his daughter and that if he just touches her she will be healed now the interesting thing about jairus as compared to some other people in the bible that we see is that jairus's faith though he was very faithful he didn't believe in the all powerfulness of Jesus, I should say. He truly believed that Jesus could heal his daughter, but he also thought that Jesus had to touch his daughter. And it's possible because we, <laughs> you know, we can't understand the broadness of God and we don't understand how powerful Jesus is, that Jesus could just say something and somebody could be healed just by a word. Many of us believe that there has to be like a healing power that comes out of somebody's hands or uh, like a doctor, for instance. You know, we go to doctors because we believe that they can cure us of our sicknesses. And so this Jairus person was probably had doctors at his house and they weren't able to do anything for his daughter. So now he's coming to Jesus and is saying, I know that you can heal my daughter. I've heard the stories about you. I know you can heal her, but you have to lay your hands on her. So Jesus, even though Jairus is basically putting him in a container <laughs> because Jairus doesn't believe in the uh, absolute power of Jesus, he still goes with Jairus to go heal this young girl. So he's he does this and he's very merciful and he's very loving and he doesn't demand more faith out of Jairus. He's ju he just goes with him and uh, is going to heal this girl. It says that he went with him and this multitude followed him. And this multitude was so big that they were crowding around Jesus, pressing up into him. So be he was in the middle of this crowd.
crowd and he was surrounded and he's bumping shoulders with everybody as he's trying to uh, go with this gyrus guy. There is a woman and this was the woman with the issue of the blood and she had this problem for 12 years. She was constantly hemorrhaging. She always had blood. It was like a period. And so this woman would have been considered uh, an unclean person, according to Jewish law, because God does put in the law, which we will learn about in Leviticus, that women during their monthly cycle are considered ceremonially unclean. So this woman would have been kicked out of... Um, all temples, <laughs> all of everything. And now that I'm thinking about this, Jesus is following a temple leader. And now this woman with the issue of blood who shouldn't even be in this crowd, according to Jewish traditions. And this was kind of a show for this Jairus guy too, to show that nobody is um, unworthy of Jesus's love, in which this Jairus person may have considered this woman just to be unclean and, you know, a terrible menace to society. Who knows? But so it says that uh, this woman who had this issue and this disease, this terrible disease, where she was basically not allowed to function in society because of certain rules, it says that she comes up to Jesus and she believes very much in her heart that if she just touches one of his tassels, because back then Jewish men would wear a garment that had tassels on it. This woman is thinking to herself, if I even just get a, a grab of one of the tassels on his clothing, I will be healed. So she, <laughs> there's a lot of superstition in this one. You know, firstly, Jairus believes that Jesus has to lay his hands on his daughter in order for her to be healed. And now this woman believes that she has to secretly uh, touch Jesus's clothing. And she kind of has like this superstition of the tassel itself. And uh, it's just kind of interesting. So she grabs hold of the tassel and immediately she is made clean. And this reminds me of another story we talked about in Mark where the um, man who had leprosy, Jesus put his hands on him and immediately he was completely healed or in other words, made clean, quote unquote. So when this woman touches Jesus, she is immediately quote unquote, made clean. She is healed of her disease and she knows that she is immediately. And this reminds me of that story because Jesus is so pure and so good and so holy that he is able to touch people with these diseases and immediately heal them. And he doesn't get the disease. He was not going to get leprosy from that one man that had leprosy. He wasn't going to get unclean from this woman who is ceremonially unclean. He was going to heal them and still be very pure because he's Jesus. And so it says that um, she was healed and Jesus felt power going out of him. And uh, that's an interesting statement because it's not mentioned anywhere else in the Bible that Jesus felt power going out from him. So because Jesus says this, this makes me speculate that he was always having power going out of him. And maybe this is why he was so tired <laughs> after healing multitudes and stuff like that, where he just had to retreat. So I'm wondering if it did take um, a bit of a toll on Jesus because he was, you know, using his power to help these people. Now, of course, Jesus is all powerful and I understand that as well. But I mean, he was also human, so he probably did get very tired and maybe it was a strenuous thing 
to um, heal people day in and day out. So he feels some power go out of him. And so he turns around in the crowd. Immediately he stops, turns around, and he starts looking around. And he's like, who touched my clothes? And so the disciples are just like, are you nuts? He's like, do you see this multitude? And you ask, who touched me? They're all touching you. And so then Jesus just ignores his disciples. And so he's looking around at whoever had gotten healing from him. And so this woman, she realizes that she is unable to run away at this point. And she no longer can be secretive about this issue because she was probably terrified because she was considered ceremonially unclean. And in the law, anything that she touched would have been unclean as well. And we'll talk more about that later. I'm not going to get into that now. But anything that she touched would have been considered ceremonially unclean. But anyway, this woman uh, realizes that she is no longer able to be secretive. And uh, my original point was she probably wanted to be secretive so that she didn't get excommunicated or um, anything like that. She wanted this to be done very privately. She didn't want to possibly bother Jesus or call attention to herself. And that makes me wonder, actually, how many people didn't receive healing from Jesus because they were too concerned about their own pride of not wanting to go to Jesus to get that healing or bother Jesus or being too afraid even to to get that healing. So I think that that's also an interesting point that um, could be taken from this as well. So anyway, this woman, <laughs> she bows down before Jesus and it says that at this point she was probably extremely embarrassed and she tells Jesus the entire story. So one thing that Jesus constantly does is he brings things out into the light. And there's a certain freedom about that. In fact, I know this from my own personal experiences. There is a freedom to just admitting your issues and uh, and bringing them out into the light. Finally, you don't have to hide about it anymore. You don't have to be secretive. You can finally just say it and it's out there. And this is what this woman had to do. And Jesus kind of forces this woman to do that because it's the healthy thing to do. Not only that, this woman wasn't going to be talking about in the future. Say Jesus had never called this woman out. This woman would be going around saying how this tassel had healed her and not Jesus. And I mean, because there was superstition involved in that particular tassel that this woman touched. And not only that, this was a proof for Jairus, who was waiting for his daughter to be healed, to see that Jesus can heal without even touching somebody. Think about that. He didn't touch this woman. This woman literally grabbed one of his tassels. That's it. And she was healed. So this is a show for Jairus. Like, look, Jairus, I don't have to come and lay hands on your daughter. I can heal, not even by touching anybody. And this was proof for the crowds. And imagine, you know, if Jesus had never called this woman out, no one had would have known that Jesus did this fantastic miracle that people to this day at women's conferences love to talk about. <laughs> no one would have known. This wouldn't be in the Bible. So, this was important for Jesus to call this out so that years from now, we can still talk about 
this particular issue and how this woman found healing, even though she had spent all of her savings trying to get doctors to do this for her. And I didn't realize how superstitious actually um, this time period really was for uh, for Jews. It was extremely superstitious. Uh, the doctors would like do these weird incantations and different things. So this woman, it says she suffered many things from the doctors. So she was probably who knows what she was forced to do in order to gain healing, which they probably didn't know what issue she had anyway. But, um, but anyway, so Jesus calls her out and brings this issue out into the light to prove that he could heal this woman without even a touch, without even touching her, without laying his hands on her. And I believe the last reason Jesus uh, calls this woman out is for what he says right here. He says to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be cured of your disease. So a lot of times people forget. We like to think that maybe it didn't actually happen that way. We do that all the time. So if this woman had never been called out in front of the crowd, maybe she would have forgotten or maybe thought like, oh, maybe I thought that this happened, but it didn't. And because her faith was shaken at that point, it's possible her disease might have come back. I don't know if that's the case or not. But Jesus says that it was her faith that had made her well, not the tassel. It was the woman's faith. And he wants her to know that she is cured. She is not going to be having this issue anymore. She is completely cured. And this was confirmation, last but not least, for the woman herself to know that she is healed of her disease. And so Jesus says to her, he calls her daughter. So he gives her a very special blessing because this is the only time Jesus calls somebody daughter that is recorded in the Bible. So he calls her daughter. And think about Jairus at this point as well, too. All going back to Jairus a little bit. His daughter, he's waiting for his daughter to be healed. And now Jesus is calling this woman uh, his daughter. And so this, I think, really, <laughs> a lot of good came from this situation, not just for this woman, but also for the crowds and also for... Um, for Jairus as well who was waiting for his own daughter to be healed by Jesus and was probably like shaking in his boots trying to get Jesus to come as quickly as he possibly could and uh, now Jesus is giving the special blessing to this woman and he tells her that her faith has made her well and that she is completely cured of her disease. Well, friends, once again, this was Mark chapter 5, verses 21 through 34. Thank you for hanging out with me and for discussing this with me today. And uh, make sure you go to my website, www.p40ministries.com slash the blog and take a look at the blog. And you can also sign up for a uh, subscription and you will receive a free gift in your inbox. And uh, I would love for you guys to do that because it is a 30-day Bible reading plan. And it's a little calendar that I made myself and it's um, blue, my favorite color. And it has flowers all over it and it's a printable. And you can print it out, you can stick it wherever you want and uh, it has a little checklist and a little instruction for you to do for a daily Bible reading plan. And it's just a 30-day thing and it helps you uh, not only get in the mood to read your Bible, but it helps you uh, maintain a consistent Bible reading routine on your own so that you can um, build that daily habit because it takes, they say it takes 21 days of consistency 
to build a habit. And this is 30 days of consistency. So this is a great Bible reading plan for you to do. You can do it with your family members. You can do it with your kids. There's some fun activities to do with it. And I think it's a really great free gift that you can receive if you just uh, type your email in that little box that pops up. And I will drop a link to that in the bio of this podcast episode. But friends and faithful listeners, have a wonderful rest of your day. Happy listening and God bless. Thank you.